Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and if you'd like to join us, you can, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And, Gil, um, you know that I didn't do a very good job. Good morning, Mark. <laughs> good morning, Gil. Um, you're going to have to tape this first segment for me because I didn't get my uh, paperwork opened in time. My pleasure, sir. All righty. Thank you, Gil. Gil's the one that saved me from all kinds of trouble. Um all kinds of trouble, I might add. So it's a, he calls me, and it's not his fault, calls me at 10. I'm lubing the doors on my truck. I forgot all about I thought it was 9. So anyway, we are on the air. You're welcome to join us, 602-508-0960. I got a couple things I wanted to read real quick. Here's, here's something that just really makes this whole thing worthwhile. It uh, it makes the, the show and everything absolutely worthwhile in in really every way so it's it's a pleasure for me because because this is a win um this is flat out a win mark uh, once again i have to thank you for your help after i mean here's what it was the lady had her car into one of my shops and um, they did some work and there was a problem and so she said to me after i you know so she called me and let me know. I called the shop. I says, let's talk about this. I'm going to have her come back in. The shop says, oh, no, we need to have her come back in. We're we're good. We're good. And I said, okay, well, that's good because that's what we need to do. So we bring the lady back in, and the end of the story is this. After um, I took the car back to 25th Street Auto because that's who it was, and they replaced the power steering hose, and my 2000 Lincoln is now perfect. There's no whine. There's no moan. Thankfully, there is someone to help an old lady that could trust, who only could trust her instincts, not her car knowledge, and you supplied it, um, and and what it took to get the problem solved. She's talking about 25th Street Auto, Billy. She's talking about, even Billy and I talked about this, and he goes, I said, do you, do you have any idea <laughs> what the heck caused this? And he says, no. He says, we just had to replace some parts that we had put on. We didn't know what the problem was, but by goodness, this fixed it. So he says it was just, it was great. And she was a nice lady. She didn't yell at us. She didn't use bad words. I said, well, that is just wonderful, especially the part about the bad words. And then I don't know about the old lady part, but certainly uh, the bad words might be something that, that uh, would, would create a problem. So nevertheless, uh, it's important to know that that's, that's what we're here for. It's important to know that that's what we can do. It's important to know that's what we're willing to do. So if you have a problem with one of my shops, all you have to do is give us a call. Let us know what's going on. We're happy to help you. And uh, what's really important is is that we work together to get you all fixed up. Gil, you won't believe this. The cord that goes into my power supply for my Comrex just shorted. There's flames all over. And I'm working on battery power right now. So hopefully we'll make it to the end of the show. (laughs) How much worse can it get? 
So anyway, congratulations to Billy over at 25th Street Auto. All of us have this, including me. We all have problems. Now, the way the lady, she did such a magnificent job in talking about what happened and what was going on. And Billy and I had talked about it, and we talked about that it sounds like and looks like that we're sucking air into the power steering system, which could foam the fluid, which would cause the whine and the moaning. So we talked about that, and Billy says, this is what I think I want to do. And I said, okay, well, you're you're seeing the car in front of you, not me. So he says, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So obviously he fixed it. So um, I, I'm really grateful for Billy at 21st Street Auto because he stepped up when uh, he needed to. And he didn't do that on purpose. It's just the luck of the draw. Either the hose had a leak um, where we were sucking air or the steering box had a leak where it was, as the fluid went through to give her power steering, it was pulling air in at the same time. We don't know. And you would think that if there was a problem with an air leak, that there would be a leak. But you see, there's two portions of, of these systems. We have the suck and the push. And so on the suck side, you're supposed to suck fluid. And then you're supposed to put it into some kind of a compressor and, and force it out with pressure. In in the case on the on the suction side, we'll suck air. On the pressure side, we'll leak fluid. So that's kind of an important consideration with respect to to diagnosing a car and 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 I think that's happened to me once in my all my years from 79 when I started it it and that's what got us to the foaming fluid part is that I have some more good news Phoenix Body Works I'm going to read from you um we've done it this before and we did it again and and here's what's important to them we're 100% perfect across the board with USAA insurance on CSI we all live and die by CSI. All of us do. We all revel at the five-star ratings, and then we all just shake our heads and know we're in for a problem when we get a one-star rating. So we're real interested in making customers happy. And with today's media, it's really easy for the customer to raise a stink. So hopefully we catch that early, and we f make the customer happy early before it gets to be something that's really ugly. And most people, if they give you a one-star review, typically if you take care of them, not most, some people, you take care of them, they're still mad at you. And so you can't do anything about it as a business owner. But one thing we do like about all of this is is that we, we know that the, the social media places understand that sometimes that happens. They don't necessarily work with this, but by the same token, it's something that's kind of important to them as well as us. So 602-508-0960, I'm proud of Phoenix Body Works. Um, they do good work, and when you get 100% um, customer happiness uh, from a shop, it's really important because the insurance company is between you and your customer. And the insurance company doesn't want to be dealing with these kinds of things on a regular basis. So as a result of that, it's a win-win it's a for us. And who might be on the phone, Gil? Uh, that would be Brian. Brian, good morning. Good morning to you, Mark. I've got a 07 Hyundai Entourage van, 82,000 miles. And on startup, only first thing in the morning, I'm getting a what I call a lifter noise, a rattle. And it's very, you know, small amount, 
usually then the vehicle sat 10 days and I went out and started it and uh, it scared me. It rattled, you know, like three seconds or so. So I'm wondering if I've got bad lifters or what your opinion might be on that. Well, I can tell you that I don't know if it's 50-50. I don't know if it's 60-40 or 70-30, but exhaust leaks cause exactly the same kind of noise. It's even mm-hmm. difficult for guys like me to tell the difference between a rattle of a uh, of a lifter um, or a rocker and an exhaust. It what what you said though kind of um, I'm going to think out loud here. You said that the noise lasts for what three seconds? You said five seconds. Well, at the worst, um, three to five seconds. The one time that it sat for many days, it does it does sit quite a bit, and it's never never done that on that duration of a downtime and um but every almost every time you start at cold engine i'm getting a whoop and um it's not severe (laughs) on that end okay i'm I'm pretty sure um you know i'd like to open up the oil cap and look inside to see if there's a bunch of sludge or not um, mm-hmm. And you're not out of whack because you said it's an 07, 13 years old, 82,000 miles. It's not like you're driving the wheels off of it either. So no. we're, we're kind of in the middle there. I think um, I think we, I would want to listen to it. I'd want it for a couple of mornings so that I can listen to it. The first thing I'm going to do is, is I'm going to blow smoke up the tailpipe. Now, I know that sounds funny, but I'm talking literally. I'm gonna. I have a machine. So does a lot of other shops. We're gonna pump, blow smoke up the tailpipe. If I have an exhaust leak first thing in the morning, I will see the smoke coming from the mm-hmm. exhaust leak. So that's the first thing I'm gonna do. The second thing I'm gonna do is have a couple of guys with a piece of heater hose or stethoscopes, and they're gonna be on either side of the motor, and they're gonna be touching different things. They're gonna be touching with their hand, and they're gonna be listening. So we're gonna try to find right. out if it's from the motor, front of the motor, or the back. I. I don't know if that has a valve adjustment time frame, but look in your owner's manual to see if it says adjust the valves. And okay. that would be the time to pull the valve cover. Is it a four-cylinder or V6? I think it's a 3.8 V6. Okay. So we need to find which side it's on. And mm-hmm. once we find which side it's on, then we should be able to pop the valve cover if there's an adjustment. But if there's nothing in your owner's manual that says about valve adjustments, then it's going to be something different. You can also do this if you wanted to. We need to go through some steps first before we start mm-hmm. taking the motor apart and replacing lifters. That's not right. the... So I'd, I'd say that you do a three, you do an oil change when the motor's real warm, and then 3,000 miles you take a sample on the oil and send it in, and the 3,000 more you take a sample of the oil and, and send it in. That gives us, do we have a growth of anything abnormal in the engine oil. Mm-hmm. It's real cheap to do, and it's real good to have that. So all we're doing is looking for an increase. So if we come out and the number is 2 on metal, and it's still 2, and it's still 2, and it's still 2, I'm not real worried about that. But if right. it's 2, and then it goes to 20, and then it goes to 40, mm-hmm. then I am worried about it. So what part of town do you live in? Well, this this van is in Apache Junction, the family home, and I've there's a Hyundai dealer there that's had, it's had very little repair done. It's needed very little repair, and I've had it there, and I'm 
thinking about taking it there, but I'm not adverse to taking it to your shop, too. No, 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 no. I want you to take it there. I don't, I just want you to, all shops, focus. Mm-hmm. I Don't call me back and tell me I need a tire rotation and an injector flush. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any of that. I want you to focus on this noise. That's yeah, all. That's and then they call you and they say, this is what it is. And you say, okay, what I understand is, is you're going to do this work not to exceed this. And mm, you're going to get yeah. rid of my morning nose. I, people do that to me, and I'm happy. We're happy. Right. Because that's the way we're supposed to be. So that's my advice to you is, is take it in now. Maybe they've seen this before. Maybe yeah, this is a known no. pattern. And if mm-hmm. they do, then maybe Hyundai, are you the original owner of the car? Yes. Okay, that's really good, too. So maybe Hyundai will financially participate in this repair, but you won't know till I was curious about that myself. It would be a possibility, probably, but... You won't know till you... Well, first of all, we have to find out what it is, and then we'll know. Yeah. So we'll go from there. Well, it's had, it's had synthetic oil, 530 in it for probably 15,000 miles, two changes, and I know I can go longer on it, and I, I'm, I'm going to this time, but it's had... All of its oil changes. Any car we've ever owned has always been maintained. All right. Well, I I need to touch base on that. So you stay there, and I want to talk about oil changes, and I want to... I want to take issue with a couple of things you said. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. I grew up poor, which is even worse than being poor. See the movie From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain. I've never shied away from hard work. Rising from poverty, he achieved the American dream. We'll all be able to say free at last. From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain. Available at SalemNow.com. Go to SalemNow.com, get 20% off with promo code PHOENIX. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. The following message is brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. The inherent right to work is one of the elemental privileges of a free people. Endowed as our nation is with abundant physical resources and inspired as it should be with the high purpose to make those resources and opportunities available for the enjoyment of all, we approach this problem of re-employment with the real hope of finding a better answer than we have now. Your stuff 
can be more powerful than you think. Your stuff can be a resource for change. Donate to Goodwill, where your donations help fund job placement and training for people in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. I am proud to defend our nation. Proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference. I am proud to be part of something larger than me and to serve my country. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving in the Air Force Reserve. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. I am proud to protect our Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. The hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we have a couple of callers, but I have to do a little bit of business, and then I'm going to go back to Brian, and we also have David and Dennis there. Thompson's Auto Repairs in Mesa have been around since 1970. I've known the Thompson family since the early 70s. They've been around a long time because they're worth it. They're honest. They're dependable. The bad guys don't last long. They move around a lot. The Thompsons have been in Mesa since Jesus was a baby. So you can go to Thompson's Auto Repair on Main Street just east of Stapley because you know that they're going to be around when the upper, when you're going to need them. So that's kind of an important consideration for me, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing on Main Street just east of Stapley. And, Brian, um, I don't – I want you – because you're going so few – because you're going so few miles, um, I, I'm. I think I want you to consider doing an oil change at ten thousand, and and I think that's once a year for you based on your mileage, your 07, blah blah blah, and I'd like you to do it in April, which is before summer, so you go through the summer with fresh oil, and this thing has nothing to do with your oil. This clatter in your engine first thing in the morning. You can put peanut butter in it or you could put sewing machine oil in it. You're still going to have that noise. So, and in your case, like I said, you got 13 year old car with 82,000 miles on it once a year in April. That's what I'd tell you if you were my dad. Um, if I told my brothers that, they'd argue with me. And one of them's a banker and one of them's a cop. So, what the heck? I don't care. Anyway, Brian, good luck to you. David, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a, a 2008 Toyota Camry with 150,000 miles on it. It's my girlfriend's car, and when you're doing about 70, 75 on the highway, and you you hit the brakes, or you kind of break a little bit firm, there's a little bit of a shimmy. Uh, what are the possibilities uh, that, that could cause that? There's a, a warped rotor or a bad wheel bearing. What we've Thank got is, is the record player, which is the rotors, have to have to run true now you've put a record on a record player because you sound like you you're a little bit you're old like me not old like me and you put it on there and you can see that the record's got a little bit of wapa 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 to it and so Mm -hmm. it doesn't sit perfectly flat on the phonograph table that's what your rotors look like and so a wheel bearing is attached firmly to the rotor and so if there's a wheel bearing going up and down and it's bad then that will cause it. But I listened carefully to you, and you didn't say a doggone thing about when I turn a sweeping right on the freeway or sweeping left, it goes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a bad deal. No, it doesn't do that. Okay. So in your case, um, I would probably have a tire rotation done, and I would have them check my front brakes. 
And uh, if I had no pads, if or the pads were down to a, hey, we need to change these. Then oh, the, rotors... oh the, the pads were good. I, I, I kind of did a quick check on it, uh-huh. but I didn't want to take both of the rotors off and put it on jacks and then take them to the, you know, AutoZone or Checker O'Reilly's to have them through. I just did a quick check uh, a few days ago. Okay. I'm not, uh, okay, if you're going to do that, then the rotor sits against the hub. It slides off the studs. Are, are you following mm-hmm. me so far? Yes. Yeah. Behind the rotor, we have to make sure that that surface is absolutely spotless. There can't be any dirt or rust. Where the back of the rotor hits the hub, we have yeah. to make sure that's perfect as well. And, and that's one thing I checked, too. Okay. All right. Then cut the rotors. Cut the rotors. Okay. Okay. Good luck to you, David. Dennis, you're up next. How can I help you? Yes. Uh, I have a uh, 2003 Dodge uh, one-ton pickup truck. Um. It's got uh, the diesel in it. Okay. Uh, the I'm having here for a few years. It's been funny if I leave it around for five or six days and not running it, the battery is real low. And on the last time I started looking at it, I found out that when I released, took the, the ground lead off. When it was turned off, nothing on, no doors open, anything. When I pulled it away, I saw a slight arc on the ground lead. You know, I mean, it could be positive ground, but it was a ground lead that I saw a little bit of a spark when everything was off. So there was nothing in the vehicle running. And it was drawing current. Okay. Okay? I put a meter, an amp meter in between the ground and the, the battery, and it was drawing about one amp. So what it was doing was killing a battery in four to five days. Okay. Well, we have a keep alive memory in the computer, so we are going to use a little bit of electricity. Did you use an M inline amp meter? Inline amp meter, yes. Okay, so you have two two uh two needle points and you hooked one to the negative uh terminal. By the way, it doesn't make any difference if negative or positive, so you hooked one to the terminal yeah, and one yeah. to the cable. Okay. All right, and you zeroed yeah. it out and you're absolutely sure there's one amp. Yes. Okay. It, was, it was about 1.1 1. 1 amps or something like that. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, th- this isn't going to be tough, but y- if you want to go buy an inductive amp probe, um, we need to disconnect and, and reset everything, but we also need an inductive amp probe so we can wrap the lead or the, or the cable, and we can go around and start popping fuses. And also one okay. of the first things you want to do is you want to disconnect the alternator. So this is going to be something oh. you're going to have to hunt down. Yeah, I can hunt. I, I have a mechanic. I can get to hunt that down. Um, the uh, uh, the I don't know how long that's been doing that. It was a commonly used everyday truck for many years, and then it started laying around. Years ago, I took the second battery out of it because, it, like most double battery systems, if one goes bad, it drags the other one down. So we took that other battery out, and we just taped up the leads on the other side, you know, where the battery was. I'm wondering if something we did there had any effect on that. Uh, no. I know there's some electronics involved. In no, no. Turning no. relays off. No. None at all. No. It's nothing. Okay. So none of that makes any difference to me. None of that. Okay, So fine. the fact of the matter okay. is is that there's a procedure. Um, I think what I would do is is... I'd probably call the garage and say, hey, would you, I don't know that one hemp is that bad. 
but but I don't know. I if it were me, I'd take the battery and I'd have it charged and I'd make sure that when I it was in the truck that when I hit the starter it didn't drop below 9.6. Then I'd let it sit there with the cable off and I'd take a voltmeter reading every day for as long as I could take it. I mean three, four, five, six, seven, eight days, and I wouldn't want any degradation of it. Because you're blaming it on the one amp, and it could be the alternator drawing the amp. It could be that the keep alive memories drawing the amp, or it actually could be a draw someplace where there's a light at the bottom of the door that's on, which cause it calls more than one amp. So I don't really know where we're getting one amp. I'm a little concerned about that, so that's why I think you should test the battery first. And you can do that because you have the proper equipment. All the other questions about what this and what that will be answered once you find out it's normal or you find the battery's bad, or you find out where the short's at. That's what has to happen. Okay. So if you have inductive amp probe, then you're on your way. You're going to take the fuse out, and you're going to build a little jumper on it, and then you're going to take your inductive amp probe, and you're going to go around the jumper, and you're going to do that to every one of the fuses and every one of the relays. So that's kind of how it happens. 602-508-0960. If you have a call, 602-508-0960. And I'll tell you, next segment that Mark had trouble with his Dodge truck and in the mornings, it was 12 degrees uh, in the mountains this morning. And in the mornings, yesterday morning too, I went out there, started, hit the key, put my key in, started my truck up. It's a diesel. And I headed down to the valley, and it ran terrible. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I've had this problem before, so I decided to attack it. So I'll tell you what I've been doing and I've made some progress. I think I can explain it, but we'll see. 602-508-0960. My name's Mark Salem. Every day, every Saturday from 10 to noon, I'm here. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Hey, my name is Steve Woods, and I am hosting a show on 960 The Patriot called The Beacon. It's sponsored by Phoenix Christian, and it's a show where we look at how God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Listen in on Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to 10 o'clock on 960 The Patriot to The Beacon, and be encouraged, hear cool stories from amazing people of things that only God can do for His glory, for the sake of His kingdom, and for the encouragement of those who listen. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundphoenix.com. Surroundphoenix.com. Connecting you with new customers. Adopt U.S. Kids presents 
Multiple choice parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us, we're over here. Justin, Justin, OMG, he just looked, I love you, Justin, I love you. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash AZ. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. All about that demon, all the 10 o'clock, Mark Salem here every Saturday, 10 to 12. Automatic Transmission Exchange has been in the Valley rebuilding transmissions since 1968. You don't rebuild transmissions since 1968 unless you know what you're doing. You'd have been out of business about a year or less later, just like all the other people that have decided transmissions were a good idea. Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington great place to go if you have something that you need somebody to test drive or look at automatic transmission exchange doug you're up what can i do for you hi um that that um ad you just had is a- apropos mine has to do with the tranny it's it's a i believe it's my one uh i, I have a ford f-150 uh 2004 uh it you know it, it it's an automatic of course and i i put it yeah, I, I stick it in drive, and it, it works fine one, two, three years. And then on the fourth gear, which is what I believe they call overdrive, um, it, it just, it just you know, there is no gear. So I have to back off, and it clunks back into third gear. And it works just fine. If I press the, uh, the button on the end of the uh, shifter, then, I, I, then that won't happen because it only goes to third gear then. As you okay. know, and I'm well, wondering, is that a harness which I've heard about, or is it just a, a something else that that might cause that? Well, we got to get our terminology right. Thank um, you. You could have an overdrive and a lockup. So we go into fourth gear, and then we lock the converter so we have direct drive. The real question is: is which one's missing? It's not likely you're missing third. It's more likely that 
you're going into overdrive and then you're missing lockup. So this just needs a test drive. You can oh. also you can also as you're going down the road, you can also gently apply the brake, not enough to slow the vehicle down, enough to shine the brake lights. That typically will disengage the converter. So that's the first thing that happens when you hit, because we're direct drive. The motor is tied to the differential, period. We're direct drive. So when we hit the brake, the first thing the computer's got to do is cancel the lockup. So, what I mean, I would just have somebody drive this. And, yeah. and as far as the harness is concerned, it's a really bad idea to work on your car based on what the guys on the Internet say, because unless they're skilled and unless they know right questions to ask, then... I mean, there's all kinds of bad information on the Internet. We regularly laugh. I mean, in the lunchroom, the guys will bring stuff that they've seen and stuff that just is so wrong. And then the question is, is why did it happen? And the answer is, is well, we'll tell you once we find what it is. <laughs> and, and it's not important for us to look at the question, which comes at the end of the process. So what part of town do you, first of all, do you have a garage you like? Uh, yeah, uh, it's a, a guy named Pete. Uh, yeah, he's he's over on Main Street and okay. near Valverde. Just uh, go have him drive he was, it. He was, I, yeah, and I will. I, I called him. He said, "Yeah, nine out of ten. That's what he said." Um, uh, you know, it's you, you usually the, the entire tranny, but it works so well if I push the button and it works on first, second, and what I think is third gear. But you're saying lockup, and I don't, I don't know what that is referring to. But I don't have okay. to know. I just hate right, well, I, okay, third gear's third gear. You're driving your ten-speed bike, and when I when you go into tenth gear, I'm going to lock it up. So I'm going to hook the your feet to the rear tire. Period. So w- when we lock the converter, we are locking the engine to the transmission. And we use the converter because the engine half the converter spinning with the engine, and the other half spinning with the rear tires. So when we lock that up, then there's no slip. So, I, I like I said, I, I just don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know the answer. Yeah. We need somebody to drive it, and then we'll have at least which area to go in. And it could okay. be a wire harness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there's more to it than I, I, I always, you know, yeah. guys like me, they simplify. Well, it, it works great in one, two, three. I, I guess it's, a, uh, it's something just getting into yeah. fourth that's bad and i don't have a clue so yeah. all righty um right. good luck to you you know what why don't you name me when you get done and tell me what it is so i can learn as well market marksalem.com market marksalem.com and dennis i had a i called a friend of mine i have a lot of shop owners that are friends of mine believe it or not and um, i said hey i got a, a diesel with a one amp draw and he goes oh that's too much and i said okay what do you think and he goes i'm thinking milliamps and i said so eight nine you know days or something like that well i'm not sure with the diesel and i said well he's got one battery out so we don't have all the reserve power that we would normally have and he says well we got to go after the battery which is what i told you so i'm going to change my mind maybe one amp is a little bit big but i'd sure do the battery first and i'd disconnect the alternator see if the amp went away because one of the diodes the diode is is a one-way electrical device and if one of the diodes has popped and here's what happens when you pop the diode, this is what you do. I don't know if you've done this, but you can't take one of the battery cables off when it's running. And everybody does that to check the alternator. And when you do that, you typically damage the alternator. And usually it's a diode. So 
in the event that the cable gets dirty and you continue to drive it and you don't know the cables get dirty and the cable then loses its connection with the battery, you don't know that till the alternator light comes on. So those are all the moving parts. The diagnostics is not that tough. i got to take a break, but Tom, you stay right there because you're my next caller. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, William Wolf will interview Arya Green from Israel and examine whether a new Biden administration will be able to maintain the momentum of the recent peace overtures between Israel and some Arab states. This Sunday, the old new Middle East. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. America's wounded warriors are coming home. After serving on foreign shores, these brave men and women are returning to their families and communities. Many have wounds you can see, and many have wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Now that these warriors are back home, they are ready to enter the civilian workforce. To help, Wounded Warrior Project has developed the Warriors to Work Program, a career counseling service that helps warriors translate their military experience to the civilian workplace. These extraordinary men and women bring proven world-class job skills and a unique perspective on teamwork to the job. And to ensure the right warrior finds the right job, Wounded Warrior Project works with employers to find just the right match. When you hire a wounded warrior, you hire an intelligent, talented, and committed new employee. Contact Wounded Warrior Project at findwwp.org. Welcome home the brave. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? <laughs> it's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, welcome back, everybody. Let me push some buttons here. And I, I know, Tom, I told you I'd take you, but I got a little business to take care of. 
that my list of shops I believe is the very best list I I have I promise you that these guys are the best I can find now there's some shops out there that are really really good and they don't want to be part of my of my best car repair shops or for, for whatever reason I don't begrudge them that's okay but Kurtz Automotive is up at I-17 and Bell he's really good they really do a good job in diagnostics and there's nothing I've had on the radio in the last six years that's not something they couldn't track down and find like many of my shops they're that good so Kurtz is a better business bureau ethic award winner He's been around since 1987. He does gas and diesels, and if you have a weed eater, he'll take a look at that as well. Both domestic and foreign's gas and diesel, he does it all, and he has ASE certified technicians. So, Kurtz Auto, he's at I-17 and Bell in the northeast corner. And, Tom, you have all my attention. Hi, Mark. Been listening for a long time and uh, trust your opinion. So I'm actually calling kind of to get a second opinion. Um, I've got a good mechanic. He works for one of the... uh, big shops they've got them all over town begins with the g mm-hmm. and um he's the number one mechanic in the line so i trust him he's ASE certified and etc so i have a 2010 f-150 and um my check engine light came on and he plugged in and tested it and he said well it's oxygen sensors so he's ordered those up we haven't put them in yet and at the same time we also noticed that there was a little tick in the engine. And I asked him about that, and he kind of smiled, and he said, well, he said it's probably some lifter noise. He said it doesn't really seem to be a big issue. And uh, we went on about our business, and uh, I haven't put the oxygen sensors in. My truck engine light periodically comes on. I work a lot, so just tough getting in there. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to get a second opinion from you. My truck runs great. It's got hundred and almost 137,000 miles on it. Okay. Had 20,000 on it when I bought it and uh, okay. that's my story. Okay. Um so he plugged in his machine, his scanner and then he condemned the oxygen sensors. Is that kind of the short Correct. version? Okay. All right. Correct. Um I'm not going to talk about him. I'm going to tell you if one of my guys did that, I'd be really upset. First of all, only 3 of 10 oxygen sensors in my world are bad. You see, the oxygen sensor tells the computer how much oxygen there is. If the oxygen is low, that means there's a heck of a lot of fuel. If you have a vacuum leak, it'll cause an oxygen sensor. If your fuel filter's plugged up, it'll cause an oxygen sensor. There's lots of causes for oxygen sensors. You you can't just plug your scanner in and look at a code and say, oh, it's oxygen sensors. That doesn't work. You have to, Is the oxygen sensor defective? Or is it the messenger? And I'm suggesting that three out of ten times that we find, it's actually the problem. And the rest of the times, it's a messenger. So I'm uncomfortable with the short diagnostics, but I'm willing to to say that maybe he did some other work that you didn't see or whatever. But there's just a lot more to do. Here's the deal. We need to go in and see if the oxygen sensor can see its range. Okay? One to five. This is just for radio because you can't see me moving my hands. One to five. One is lean and five is rich. And that's what the oxygen sensor says. It says, hey, hey, it's real lean. Give me more fuel. Give me more fuel. And then on the other end, at five, it goes, hey, hey, you're, you're showering me in gasoline. Turn that nozzle down. 
So in between. In order to test that thing, you have to create a lean condition. So you pull the vacuum line off the booster, <laughs> and it better go to one real fast. Then you take some carburetor spray, and you spray down the intake of this thing, and it better go to five fast because you're creating a lean condition, and you're checking, and a rich condition, and you're checking the range of the O2 sensor. Um, so you ask me for my opinion. I think you should get a second one. Uh, my fear is is that you'll put two or three or four hundred dollars where the O2 sensors in it. They'll clear the code and the light will come on. Then, and I'm not talking about your shop. Um, this is what happens in my world at a lot of places. So two oxygen sensors, three, four, f- sometimes five hundred dollars if they're heated. Then they clear the code. Everything's fine for a month or whatever. And then the code comes back and you go in and then it's altogether something different. So. I'm just telling you, I think I'd get a second opinion. I'm sorry. What, what about the little engine kick that I've got that he doesn't seem too concerned about? Well, I think that that's something that, that you should look at. Um, I'd like to put a stethoscope on it. I'd like to know if it, it's there in the morning first thing. Um, I'd like to know what weight of oil you're using. I'd like to know which side of the engine the tick is coming from. Um, I'd like to know how long in the morning it's there before it goes away, if it goes away. And if it doesn't, does it get louder when the engine's cold or louder when the engine's hot? Those are all questions. We can't possibly hone in on the problem until we know the answers to most or all of those questions. So I'm, I'm that technician that works for me that did that to you, um, uh, Mark Salem wouldn't be happy with him. Um, unless, okay. of course, so that, his idea was is that let's go look at the tick. Let's go see if we can determine which side it's on. Maybe we pull a valve cover. Maybe we put our fingers on all the lifters. Oh, look at this one feels different. I can feel the click here. Oh, but this one and this one and this one and this one. Oh, they're fine. Now we got to find out if the camshaft's wearing. we got to find out if there's oil pressure to the lifter. And maybe not. Maybe we just adjust that rocker. So that's that's really how it's supposed to be. Okay, because it pretty much ticks all the time, warm or cold. It's pretty much the same. It doesn't really change. Okay, so it doesn't ever change intensities. It doesn't ever change, ever. No, pretty much always the same. All right, well, a vacuum or an exhaust leak ticks just like a lifter, but it's sensitive to heat, and that's why I ask you that question. So if it stays the same intensity and it never changes, then... Obviously, there's something up there that's ticking. The question is, is do we pull the valve cover off and put a half a turn on the adjustment or maybe on the stud that where the rocker sits, we put a half a turn, the, the noise goes away, we take the half a turn back, the noise is back. Maybe we go at quarter turn. No, I don't want to. I'm looking at the mileage. It's too old. I'm going to do a half a turn. Then you shut it off and you go drive and make sure it doesn't backfire and we're done. So that's kind of how it works. Anyway, thanks for calling. I appreciate that. And, um, and thank you. You gave me a lot of information other than this is what the internet said and this is what my next door neighbor said, you and I were be able to communicate and I ask questions and you 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 give me answers. That's the best way to handle car repair. Speaking of car repair and diagnostics, Larry Harker's Auto at 38th Avenue in Indian School is one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met. Him and Jeremy, which is Bob and Jeremy, those guys are just wizards just wizards. I'll tell you a real quick story. Somebody uh, had an estimate for thousands of dollars on their BMW because it had water leaking out of the case behind the uh, glove box, which is called the evaporator case. 
and they said they have to go in and take the evaporator out and they have to do this and this and this and it was thousands of dollars. The customer decided to get a second opinion and took it over to Harker's Auto. Now, let me explain. This device behind the glove box is called the evaporator and it's what gets really cold and then there's a fan behind it and the fan blows across this little cold radiator and that's how you get air conditioning. But it also sweats. So if the humidity's high, it sweats. Many of you have come out to your car and seen the wet spot on the blow. It's on the passenger side right by the windshield. That's the water that comes off your air conditioning. This is a true story. So they they take a camera and go up the drain, which is about a three-inch long rubber hose, and they can't see anything up there. So they take an air gun and they tape up all the (laughs) dashboard vents, and they put an air gun in there and blow it. Now, Jeremy's underneath the car, and when Bob blows it, it blows this booger out of the hose and covers Jeremy in a really rancid amount of water. Now, Jeremy used bad words that I'm not going to tell you what they are, but they fixed the car with a little ingenuity, and they fixed the car, and they fixed the water problem, and it's the reason why it was sweat and water was because it was plugged. So there was water some getting in, but the inside of the evaporator was like a swimming pool. So that's Larry Harker's auto. He he does a good job. And then real quick, there's lots of other shops in town that are good, but I think my list really describes the very best ones. You can find it at MarkSalem.com. We were talking about Mark's truck. So this morning, 17 degrees, 12 or 17, I don't remember. Start up the truck. It runs bad. I go to the valley. This is yesterday morning. Go to the valley. Runs really bad all the way there. About an hour after it sat there, my wife took it, and she calls me, and she goes, truck's running fine. <sighs> but I know this is cold-related. So we came up last night, and I parked the truck, and this morning I went out, and I just turned the key on. Not start, just on, and walked away from it. I was gone 20 minutes. I came back, and I was going to have to run to Pine, because my wife told me I had to haul this dresser there. So I started up, and I drive it. And you know what? Now, this has happened numerous times where it runs really bad after a cold start. It's fine. This morning, it was fine. It had all the power. It didn't have any mess. It didn't go da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. didn't do that. So I'm driving down the road, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, when it's down in the valley, it doesn't do that. So maybe cold has something to do with it. And I know when you turn the key to the on position, the computer has to gather data from everything. The temperature of the engine, the temperature outside, where your foot's at, are you in the start mode, how much vacuum, what altitude, what the barometric pressure is, what the humidity is, all of that stuff has to be gulped at once. So I'm thinking to myself, now, I also have some performance enhancements in there. (laughs) So now I've got that whole thing over here. So this morning I decide, and I'm going to go with her this morning, and it's cold. So I go out and I just turn the key on, but not to start. I go in and finish my coffee and put the dogs away. I come back out. I start it up. I don't turn the key off. I just start it from where it's at. It ran great to pine. Just great. (laughs) So I'm thinking out loud and I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm going to try it again and again because I think the computer is going through the programmer, which is the device that I'm not supposed to have in the truck, although it's out of warranty and I don't care. So it goes through there, and there's lots of data it has to grab, and I'm thinking maybe I stick the key in there, and too fast. I just go to the start. I'm thinking that. So if that's the case, I'll know it for sure if when it's cold, every time I turn the key on, go back in, finish my coffee, 
come back out. Now, the key is on, but the engine's not running. I want to make that distinction. I'm just waking everything up. So if that's the case, then I know, then the next thing I'm going to do is unplug my programmer, which is the hot rod part of my truck. And so I'm going to unplug it for about a week and see if it is involved. And if I take it out and I can quick start it, just put the key in and go right to the start cranking, and I have no problems with cold weather, then I know what the problem is. But if it's not the problem, then really and truly the, the wide discrepancy of where the truck's been is an issue. Now, yesterday afternoon when I left Phoenix, it was probably 65 degrees sometime. I drove all the way up the mountain. So I went from 1,000, 1,200 feet at 65 degrees all the way up to 5,000 feet. And it was cold this morning. It was cold last night. So I'm just wondering, is it using the same fuel map at a, at 1,000 feet, 1,200 feet, and 5,000? And I know the answer is no. So I'm just kind of working on this problem with my truck, and that's the diagnostic process I would think most gray-haired guys would do. It's really a matter of what's different between starting it at 5,000 feet cold morning and starting it at 5,000 feet down at 1,200 feet. At 1,200 feet, I don't have the problem. But then again, down there, it might be, what, 32, 28? And up here, it's 12 to 17? And there's a difference there on the fuel delivery. Another thing I need to find out is is when it's missing, da-da-da-da-da, is it running lean or rich? So I'm probably going to take a can of propane. I'm going to run a hose into the air intake. And when it starts to go da-da-da-da, I'm going to open up and add a little bit more fuel and think to myself, if it's better then it's a fuel delivery problem, but still, the computer opens and closes the fuel delivery. So is the computer not seeing the weather, not seeing the humidity, the barometric pressure? What? And that's what the it's all about. Folks, I don't know if I want to fix this. <laughs> and I don't really care. But the fact of the matter is, is it's interesting to look in Mark's empty head. Now, my wife would tell you that there's nothing between my ears, and many of my friends would say that my head is completely empty. I do know a little bit about cars, but I'm not the best guy in town. I promise you that. There's other guys I respect in this town that are a lot smarter than this old guy. They just have more wider experience. They might have paint and body that I don't. They might have internal transmission operation that I don't have. But when it comes to air conditioning and performance and oxygen sensors, I can match up with the best of them. I'm an ASC Master Certified Technician. You have to pass all eight tests, and you have to recertify every five years. That's not easy. There's not a lot of us out there. So ASC Master is the highest you can do, other than some other platinum one that I'll never get. So 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960.